This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I know we're in the middle of March Madness, and of course, uh, some amazing upsets are taking place. That UMBC upset of Virginia, well, that was, that was just extraordinary. And of course, late last night, Michigan winning at the buzzer against the University of Houston by that great 30, uh, 30-foot shot by the freshman pool. It's all, all tremendous stuff, but... <laughs> In Florida and in Arizona, it is spring training. And even though it's uh, in the low 30s this morning here and a cold wind coming out of the north, the truth is opening day is in just a couple of weeks. And I'm sorry, I know we're in the middle of basketball, but I have to talk about baseball this morning. Uh, And to that point, my guest is Mike Just, the owner and operator of Just Hits Baseball and Softball Academy in Westwood, New Jersey, Mike is a local kid, grew up in Jersey, started out in Little League Baseball, then progressed to high school ball, then played baseball in college, and then on to pro ball. And along the way, he kept his eyes and ears open, and he basically took mental notes on what baseball parents and their kids should know as they navigate their their own careers in baseball. And Mike put all of his observations and suggestions in a wonderful book, which is entitled Just Baseball, A Guide to navigating the world of baseball recruitment for parents and players. And, and uh, it sells for $19.99. It's published by Sports Publishing. You can, you can buy it anywhere in bookstores, of course, online at Amazon or BNN.com. And, and the reason why I was drawn to this book is because, look, there are a lot of baseball books out there, a lot of books for, for parents and kids and so on and so forth. But this is, this is the rare book in which he really sort of talks about what goes on uh, and, and how to sort of, as I say, uh, step over the various pitfalls and landmines that exist whenever your kid is playing ball or softball. And Mike joins me this morning to answer my questions and your questions as well when it comes to finding the best pathway to finding for your kid to reach their full potential in baseball. And, of course, we'll take your, your calls here at one 337 6666 That is, of course, brought to you by... Mohegan Sun, unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. Mike, good morning. Good morning, Rick. Uh, well, let's just start at the beginning, because I, I know you grew up in New Jersey. I know you went to, to St. Joe's uh, over in Montvale, and then you went on to play D1 at Liberty University before uh, being signed into Pro Bowl, first in the mm-hmm. Indy Leagues and then by the Astros. But, you know, as you make it very clear in your book, finding one's pathway in baseball uh, was never easy, but it's gotten more and more complicated in, in these days. And, um, you know, I, I just, in your daily work with kids who are learning the game, let me just start with this tough question. What, what do you think, in your experience, 
is the biggest misconception that kids or their parents have when it comes to uh, to the sport of baseball? That's a great question, Rick. I appreciate you bringing that up. I mean, I think two words really describe that. Unrealistic expectations is what it comes down to. Some of that is also warranted, though. So I can kind of – I'll give you both sides to give you an understanding here. So – Look, these players and parents, they're very committed nowadays. There's different opportunities, whether it's through their travel team, their rec program, their club level. There's different levels. And then there's camps all across the country, right? Mm -hmm. So Perfect Game runs them down in Georgia and Florida. So you have all these private instructors giving lessons. A lot of the kids, as they're getting older, the majority of them are getting one-on-one individual professional lessons. So you're having these parents and kids involved in all this stuff regarding the technicalities of the swing and the details behind it. And what's happening is these programs, especially at the college and pro level, are adopting something called sabermetrics. Mm -hmm. Sabermetrics is the application of statistical analysis to baseball records in order to evaluate and compare the performance of an individual player. So in layman's terms, it's just, you know, you're, you're basically your facts based on performance. Uh, That's mathematical based. So, thing is this you have all these players and they have they're getting this knowledge and all this professional advanced knowledge now you have them going out and trying out for their high school team so what happens is some of these high school programs you know some of these coaches or maybe your your average teacher in the school who decides to coach baseball some of them are more advanced it's it's case by case scenario but when you have a high school coach that's not exactly up to speed per se with the sabermetric system and have adopted this, you have in some cases parents and players with more heightened knowledge than some of the coaches. And there is the disconnect. So when you have a tryout taking place and you have these kids trying out and doing, you know, and and it used to be more 15, 20 years ago, a coach would look at a player and evaluate and say, hey, he's got what it takes or he doesn't. That's not good enough anymore. That's the problem. Now it's facts-based, it's math-based. So adopting that sabermetric system at a high school level and being able to conduct 60-yard dash times, 30-yard dash times, arm strength tests, launch angle tests, where you're starting to rate the ball off the bat on what trajectory it is to see which kids are going to get the extra base hits and define whether they're the three, four, or five hitters. These type of things are all being put into place, and these kids are used to that now. So that's a little bit of the disconnect that some of the parents and players have, but as to why they have this unrealistic expectation of going in and being an impact player right away and maybe being somewhat let down, you see? Yeah, and, and, and Mike, you know, you, you raise, in your in response, you raise a lot of the, you say, the concerns that now sort of overwhelm parents and kids and, of course, coaches these days. There is so much more uh, being looked at so much more to the game. I mean, again, a, a couple of generations ago, baseball was pretty straightforward. Uh, either you knew or learned how to hit and how to, how to throw strikes and how to field. But right. nowadays, there's so much stuff being thrown out. I mean, look, uh, sabermetrics, I remember. I, I used to edit uh, I edited several, several editions of uh, the baseball encyclopedia. This goes okay. back to the 80s and 90s. And sabermetrics that was just starting up, these were guys who – Really, honestly, they weren't really baseball fans. <laughs> they were just guys who were, who were guys who were good with slide rules and, and calculators, and they wanted to somehow apply their skills to the sport of baseball. And, and people have said, well, sabermetrics has brought us into this whole era of analytics and so on and so forth, which is mm-hmm. you know, great. Everybody's looking for a new angle with baseball. But right. the fact, at the end of the day, 
when you got a kid who comes into your into your facility and wants to learn how to hit or throw or field, you know, before we get into all that stuff and the parents start figuring out <laughs> the kid's going to get be a first round draft choice, they first have to learn how to do things right. And and that's Correct. that's that's pretty much I think still the standard kind of situation for most kids. I mean, I always not to go on a tangent here, I'm always mm-hmm. amazed these days that I see kids or even guys in the big leagues if it's a sunny day and it's windy, they have a difficult time catching a fly ball. They just they seem to get mesmerized by the fact that it's a high sky or that it's it's windy. I mean, right. I mean, a generation ago, pretty much every kid knew how to catch a fly ball, even on the sunniest and windiest days, because you'd spend so much time, you know, playing with your buddies in the sandlot, learning how, how, how to play, Correct. how to catch a fly ball. But Correct. These, these skills seem to be have become sort of lost in the whole shuffle. No. Yeah, and it will be, and it will be, because, you know, like a lot of these kids are inside, they're playing video games, they're hanging out with their friends, you know, and so, yeah, that's part of it. And so when you have these, these, a little scenario like that's a perfect example of just like, wow, well, I don't understand how something as small as that, like a fly ball in the wind, well, because that's something that, that it just fell by the wayside. Yeah. It's like he's going to figure it out, You're right. <laughs> you know? Well, you know? That, so that, that's I guess there's an assumption that the kid plays no video games watching <laughs> electronic balls being caught in the outfield that will somehow trans- translate or transfer <laughs> To do it in real life, but you know, Mike, right. when you when you played, I mean, you must. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you were you were a second baseman uh, like mm-hmm. myself. You catching pop ups. I mean, come on, sure. Sometimes you had to run for him in the foul territory, but there's a breeze. But you know how to do that. I mean, that comes from practice. That comes from practice. I mean, look, my father and mother brought me outside a lot from a young age. Hit me ground balls in the in the driveway, sure. which. Who knows what hops are going to be taken, but right. that's part of understanding, you know, bad hops on a field and hitting me some fly balls and doing all that. So, yeah, having having that dynamic a lot, but, you know, now they have the pro instructor that maybe does that in place. Some, some of the parents are too busy or whatever the case may be. Uh, but I do see a lot of this, too. You know, you know a lot of times the, the coach, the, the instructor, so to speak, will tell the player, will say, will say, look, Johnny, you're not keeping your weight back. You got to keep your weight back. I mean, you hear stuff like that, right? And you hear stuff, and parents are playing, paying for that session, and the guys say, "Keep your weight back." Some of the kids nodding and say, "Okay, next swing, he's out front again." Johnny, what I just tell you? See, here, here's the problem with this dynamic going on: is that okay? You've identified the problem. Okay, that's half the battle, right? You've identified the problem that the kid needs to adjust, but you're not explaining how to adjust or why. If you don't give them the second half. How is Johnny supposed to stay back? He doesn't understand. You haven't taught him that his front side is counterforce, and when you push off of it, you stay back. You haven't explained that dynamic. You haven't shown him. You haven't gone through that. Now, why is that being played out that way? I I would tend to think that maybe an instructor, maybe some just don't have that level of knowledge. They don't have that professional expertise that along the way, you know, like I was fortunate with Maury Wills and Butch Hobson and Brooks Robinson, some of my mentors and coaches, to be able at some point someone said, hey, you know, you're not staying back because. I'm like, oh, okay, let me keep that in my memory bank. It, you know, so that's part of this whole process. And Mike, then, you, make, you, know, you, make a, you make a wonderful point, uh, and mm-hmm. that is very simply that there sometimes is that assumption by the coach who says, well, you know, you're not keeping your weight back. You're, you're releasing too soon. You're lunging. That's why you can't hit a, a ball in the outside corner or you can't mm-hmm. hit a curveball. But they don't explain to the youngster – who may have never heard that that explanation before, as you say, let's go through this again. Let me explain to you what happens when you release too soon and you transfer your weight. 
if a kid yeah. has never heard that before when they're 8 or 10 or 12, it's not going to mean anything to them, and he might as well be speaking a foreign language because it has no, that, that, you know, it, the coach has to take the time to say, yeah. look, mm-hmm. let's, let me show you how this works, you know? Correct. And Correct. I, I, I think that's, that's a, that is a vital part of the problem that, unfortunately, I think today we get so caught up in all this various, uh, this, this huge wave of information and analytics, sometimes you have to get back to the basics and take some time yeah. to explain exactly what this is. Uh, all right, well, let me take a time out. We're talking with Mike Just of, of uh, Just Hits uh, Baseball and Softball Academy over in Westwood, New Jersey, and we're talking about his new book called Just Baseball, A Guide to Navigating the World of Baseball Recruitment for Players and Parents. Uh, when I come back, we'll take your calls for, for Mike at one 337 6666. Dave Uram has your sports update. Stay with me. Back with more after this. And welcome back to the Sports Edge. Uh, my guest this morning is Mike Just of Just Hits over in Westwood, New Jersey. And the title of his, uh, of his excellent book is Just Baseball, a guide to navigating the world of baseball recruitment for players and parents. And, and that's why I was so uh, impressed with Mike's book is because he, he talks about the the, the going up the ladder, starting out the youth leagues to high school ball, travel, club baseball, to then going to showcases, college, summer, uh, college summer leagues, and uh, and beyond. And uh, we're taking your calls at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's start this morning with our friend Ed over in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. You're on the phone. Good morning, Rick. Uh, I just want to let you know, right now. I'm in Catonsville, Maryland, where UMBC. As you know, is, is in now the round of 32, but I'm down there to watch Hartford play uh, UMBC in baseball. And this town is buzzing for the uh, game today. So uh, I just want to let people know that. But the reason for my phone call, I, I tried to recruit Mike just out of high school. Uh, <laughs> <Is this laughs> you know what it says, Mike? Eddie Ward. What's up? Yes, it is. <laughs> How you doing? No. And uh, but I just want to say Mike, Mike was a tremendous player in high school, went on to play at Liberty and also got to play some minor league baseball. So, Anything that Michael says is, 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 is the truth and all that stuff. But getting back to the analytics of baseball, Hartford University has their own analytics coach on staff. Yeah. So this, mm-hmm. is how, this is how they determine their lineup and all that. But uh, I think on the high school level, it, it, it's, it's crazy, especially and when, it, yeah. when people are talking about launch angle. Launch angle. Yep. I think that, that, that term just blows my mind. Just let yep. that kid hit the ball. I mean, I've seen yeah. so many kids – Try to change their swing because of launch angle. That's and right. Not That's right. Riddles. Mike, Mike, and I think you agree with me and all that stuff. Well, and, uh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, the thing is this: when it comes to that, when you when you have when you have a certain player like myself, for example, right? If I try creating these twenty twenty five degree launch angles because I'm hearing about this, I'm going to hit pop ups all day long for you. That's not going to produce. Well, you know, Mike, that was a, that's a good analogy. I was with our mm-hmm. travel team uh, in the winter with our winter workouts. So they, they, they gave me my station was working on situation. When we ever did hit and runs, everything was a pop-up. And I, it, it started blowing my mind and all that stuff. Mm, and uh, yeah. everyone's trying to change their swing to Aaron Judge because he's got his own hitting guru now, as you've seen in the uh, New York Daily News the other day. Right. And I'll be honest. I think it's, it's, it's hurting high school hitters even for their value to come, come and play college baseball. Well, let me yeah, just so let me, guys, let me just yeah. say this about about these uh, these launch angles and stuff. I mean, I guess it mm-hmm. started uh, a couple of years ago with Chris Bryant, and now obviously Aaron Judge. But I think one thing that the coaches and parents have to bear in mind: I mean, how big is Aaron Judge, and how big is Chris Bryant? I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, if you're that's ke- the, great. That's a great point, Rick. right? 
I mean, if you you know, if most parents and, and I guess high school coaches have never really seen Chris Bryant up close in person or, or Aaron Judge. And these are giant people. <laughs> and, you know, right. the average kid is like 5'10", 150. The bad angle is not making a difference. As, as Ed said, just go out there and hit the ball hard. That's why you have to right. Rick, Rick, Rick oh, Mike, Mike, bring up your point first, and then I'm going to bring right. up your point. Go so ahead, when, it comes to, when it comes to Aaron Judge, as an example, okay? Now, I studied his swing a little bit. I'm going over some stuff. Now, here's the thing that, you, that all kids should take from Aaron Judge of all levels. What he's done really well is he's allowed his barrel to get on plane earlier. Now, whether you're a big kid or a small kid, the quicker your barrel gets in the hitting zone and the longer it stays through the hitting zone, the more beneficial it is for you as a hitter, no matter what size you are. That he's done a lot better this year and that he specifically worked on. So that's a side point, okay? Now, in regards to that, his bat angle if he's trying to create a little bit of a higher trajectory because he's trying to create those long, deep fly balls for him, his angle might be five degrees lower than another leadoff hitter or a two-hitter. But in for his case, his bottom hand will work a little bit more through the hitting zone to create that. Now, your top-of-the-lineup guys, they don't work on that, but they should work on getting on plane. So these are some things where you could take some pieces – depending upon the hitter that you are. But you have to know the hitter that you are. Are you the, the middle lineup guy? Are you the top or the bottom guy? All that stuff plays into where your instruction should be. And the instructors or the coaches, they need to really take that into account and say, this is the type of hitter you're going to be in our program that's going to allow you to excel and allow us to succeed. Well, and that's Mike, how they go. And ju- just to take that one step further, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ball players come in all different sizes and shapes. Obviously, Aaron mm-hmm. Judge, Chris Bryant, these are big, big people. But, I mean, for example, if you're a coach and a kid walks into your, your, into your, 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 your academy or into a, into a high school field and he's built and he runs like each row, you know, each row has a totally different approach to hitting than a Mike Ju- uh, than a uh, than Aaron Judge does. But the fact right. is, each row is a Hall of Famer, should be a Hall of Famer, because right. he's learned how to adapt to what, what his God-given talents are. You know, he Correct. learns how to, to use his speed. He uses how to slap the ball opposite way, all these things. And, and, and that, I think, is essential. So, in other words, there isn't one size that fits all with hitting. It's about yes. finding what right. works for you. As you said, the guys at the top of the order, the table setters, they have to know how to get on base, what to do, how to do their job. That's right. That's right. So if they're going to train, they uh, need to train a course. Yes, Ed. I'm sorry, Ed. That's all right. I'm sorry. Now, you know what's amazing? All these people that are teaching the method of, of how to Aaron Judge hits. The other night I watched on the net, on the yes, they were, and they, were, they, were, uh, they had Aaron Judge us, so they had him in the batting cage. It is totally, totally different from what these people are teaching. I, I couldn't believe how different it was. It, it, it's, like, amazing. So somehow this teaching method, they got to get on course because it did not match what Aaron Judge was doing. Well, as right. I said, everybody has to sort of find their own way. Ed, thank you as always for the call. Appreciate it. Have a great day, Mike. Good talk. Thank you, Ed. Thanks, thank Ed. Thank you so much. You know, and, 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 and let's talk about that for a second, Mike, because mm-hmm. the fact is, yeah, I mean, every kid, who, an aspiring ball player, by the time they get to be in middle school, high school, they now be getting more comfortable with their, as I said, their God-given abilities. They got to find what they can do well and then adjust their stroke to best maximize those talents. Right, and it also depends upon understanding preference versus fact. A lot of people intertwine the two of them. So, for example, in your stance, 
if the, if there was one correct stance, every big leaguer would have it. Correct. There's a reason why the stance is preference. Now the load position, there are there's certain dynamics where it could be a little bit vertical, more a little bit more shallow, depending on the circumstance. But there are limitations in the load. So you know, and then the power line with the back knee drive. There are things that that's more specific. So there are things that are okay. This needs to happen, and here's why. This you can be more preference based with. So that's where a lot of the gray areas come in because a lot of people don't understand the difference between your preference and your fact regarding the swing. I, I'm telling you, it's 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 complicated, friends. Trust me. All right, let's let's move mm-hmm. back to our callers. Let's go to uh, let's go to Carlos over in Hackensack. Hi, Carlos. You're on the fan. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good morning, uh, Mike. Good morning. Well, good morning, Mike. We don't know each other, but I've observed you. Um, quite some time. I know you were in Westwood. I, I watched my nephew do it. My, my younger nephew, he's around 10 now. When he was around okay. 8 and 9, he did a few camps at your Westwood facility, and I know you've since moved over to Ramsey. Um, Correct. I just want to say, you know, the mental aspect of the game. So I was in Ramsey the other day. My nephew was working down at the end, and you were working with some kid. He had to be a, a freshman or a sophomore, pretty big kid, and he was raking, raking. I mean, he's fast. Boom, boom, he's killing it. And I could tell, I'm just looking at the corner of my eye, and I could tell, then you start off-speeding him, now he starts dealing with failure. The face starts to appear. And then I watch you have like a five to like seven, eight-minute conversation with him about the mental aspect of the game. And I'm observing what had to be his dad. Either sitting on, he was sitting on the side of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's observing too. And the next thing you know, you guys break it up. And he start, you start giving him some more fastballs. Then you start off-speeding him to get, again. And now he's crushing the off-speed pitch. So it just <laughs> I'm, I'm walking out, you know, with my nephew and, 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 and my brother with his kid, and that, that guy's walking out with his kid too. So I looked at him and said, that was some lesson, huh? He goes, yes. He goes, not only is Mike um, helping my son deal with failure, the kid was in the bathroom um, uh, before he came out in the car, he's actually helping me deal with failure. So would you say the mental aspect of the game and dealing with hmm. failure is just as important to the father who's in the car ride on the way home with the kid who's going to deal with failure? Hey, Carlos, yeah, that's, ex- that's a great point, Carlos. Yes, that is a great point. I appreciate you sharing that. I, I, the thing is this. When I conduct a lesson, I want the parent there. And I do that because I want them to understand what it is we're going through, whether it's mechanical, physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's mental. There's so many dynamics to baseball. And it doesn't all fit in one box. If the kid has perfect mechanics but his mentality shot, it doesn't do him any good. It, that doesn't help him. It doesn't get him to where he needs to make proper adjustments. His mind's not thinking clearly. So – that all plays out that way, and when the parent's there and he understands the bond that's created, he sees how this works when it comes to the adjustments, and he understands that I care. Yeah, that happens. That plays out that way, and then the parent is ultimately on board. Because I, I need the parent to understand that there's so much to this, and I need him to really grasp these concepts in depth and, and be able to back me up so we could work as a three-way team here between the client, right. between the parent, and between me so that we can be all on the same page. The dad's not in the game on the sideline screaming, hey, keep your weight back. He knows not to do that because he knows why, and we went through that process. So it's just as important for me to coach the player as it is the parent during that private session. Carlos. So I guess, I guess in a nutshell – I mean, with these instructors, and I've been, you know, I've seen a lot of instructors. I mean, you can get a 16-year-old kid, a 15-year-old kid, and you could be mailing him in 75 to 82 mile per hour fastballs. He can crush it for the 45 minutes to the hour that he's in there. Correct. But what are you really doing for him? If he is he is he is he? Are you preparing him for the off-speed pitch, the inside pitch, the outside pitch? A lot of these guys just have these guys, these kids, and these dads going out feeling, oh yeah, he's great, he's great, he's great. And when they go down to Georgia or when they go down a perfect game, you got some six foot three kid throwing off-speed hooks, and you're like. 
doing the cha-cha at the plate, then you realize... <laughs> hey, Carlos, let, let me, I got other calls, That's but thank right. you. Excellent point about the mental hey, side. Have a great one, guys. All the best. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Carlos. you so much, Carlos. Thank you. Know, you. And, 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 Mike, uh, to Carlos's mm-hmm. point, and I'm glad that you, he mentioned this, uh, that, that you know, it's all about basically not only educating the, the player but also the, the, the father uh, or the mother just so they have a better idea of what, what you're trying to teach here. And, by the way, I just want to make clear, is your academy in, in Westwood or you moved to Ramsey? Where are you now? We, we did. We moved to Ramsey. So we're at 50 Spring Street in Ramsey. Just hits. Okay. Is the, uh, the business is the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's correct. Uh, and, you know, I, let's move on. We made a lot of calls here. We're talking with Mike Just. Let's go to, uh, let's go to John over in Norwood. John, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning to you. How are you guys doing this morning? Good morning, John. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Uh, my, my question, uh, Mike, firstly, the, I, I read your, your book, an outstanding book, Mike. It was, uh, it was something that really, as a father with uh, three children that play, I have two daughters that play softball and a son that plays uh, baseball, it really got to the root of you know, what we think is, as parents, and I thank you for that. My question to you, though, is, Mike, is how do we keep the kids interested, interested nowadays? I mean, for, for us, we were growing up, if we had five or six kids and we would go to a field and we could only hit the ball to the left side, so we had enough kids to play, and we, we made our rules that kids just don't do that today. And not so much for my 16-year-old son, but for my 14-year-old daughter, it's like, what do I do to keep them interested and motivated? And like you guys touched earlier in the program, how, how interested uh, they are in their video games and their friends and their, their social life, and how do we keep them keeping the love of the game that, that their father had? And, and that's my question to you. Yeah, John, how do we yeah. do it? John, good question. Thank you. Uh, Mike, that yeah. is an ultimate question that parents ask all the time. We know there's always a, a drop-off uh, around the early teenage years, not just uh, with, uh, with baseball but with softball as well. Kids sometimes just realize after they've seen their competition and their peers that maybe they, don't, they realize they're not going to be as good, so they just find other avenues in life. But, yeah, I mean, you, you, it, we do know, and I've gotten calls, of course, from, from high school coaches about the fact that the numbers for softball in some, in some areas, the, the, it's hard to get enough girls to come out for a softball team at the high school level. That's right. No, that's a great question, John. Thanks for asking. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's just different nowadays, but it doesn't mean it has to change. So in, instead of, you know, the kids going outside with their friends or their parents or whatever was different back in the day, it's important that parents involve their kids into clinics and camps with baseball, softball related at a younger age. Because what will happen is they could still have their friend dynamic. They can still do their thing that they're comfortable with. But now what happens is they start to develop it around the sport. And then they start associating that sport with that good time and learning the game. And then they'll have a bond maybe created from one of the coaches or one of the instructors that's at that clinic or camp. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it's saying, okay, well, you know, do, do you want to continue and do some semi-private lessons or private lessons from there? So it's just a different track. So instead of the kid going outside and maybe playing for two hours, I mean, look, just because, you know, we did it when we were younger doesn't mean it's most beneficial. I mean, like if we're taking two hours of swings on the field and doing them all the wrong way, that didn't really – just, just because it seemed like we were putting in the work doesn't mean we are putting in the proper work anyway. Yeah. But no, I, when it comes – you know. As I say, yeah. I, it's, it, it, just because it was done – one way a generation or two ago doesn't mean that that was the right way. And nowadays, kids, we all have, as parents and coaches, we have to adapt with what kids find more fascinating these days. I mean, it's it's all part of the the evolution of sports. All right, let me let me Mike, let me take a time out here. Obviously, we'll, we'll come back uh, from uh, the sports update. We'll continue taking calls for Mike Just at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six. 
66. <laughs> uh, this is Rick Wolf. I will remind you that at 9 o'clock this morning, uh, Ed Randall will be by, and um, Ed has a very, very special guest this morning. I don't want to ruin the surprise, but to make sure you stick around and, and listen to what Ed has to offer. And by the way, I'll be giving a, a free sports parenting presentation out in Port Washington uh, Thursday, March 22nd. It starts at 7 o'clock in the evening at the John Philip Sousa Elementary School. I'll be talking about all sorts of topics, including uh, what's the best way to coach a, a youth team that has your son or daughter on the team, what's the best way to offer suggestions and advice to your youngster after a game, and, and much more. Again, that's this coming Thursday, March 22nd at 7 p.m., at the uh, Sousa School in Port Washington, New York, and it's open to the public, and it's free. I hope you can make it. I look forward to seeing you there. Right now we're talking with Mike Just of uh, Just Baseball, and uh, we're taking your calls at one 337 Mike, let's get back to our calls. Let's go to uh, Jimmy over in Asbury Park. Jimmy, good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, good morning, Rick and Mike. Um, good morning, Jimmy. Talk, um if we could talk some college recruiting. Um, my son plays ball uh, actually uh, at the Catholic school right around the uh, corner from your place there in Ramsey. Okay. Um, we, uh, we've seen several of our uh, friends over uh, the last couple of years uh, get recruited to colleges as preferred walk-ons, and, and almost every one of them, unfortunately, uh, has gotten cut in September, and this after, you know, putting up fifty thousand uh, dollars for the school year. Um, I'm wondering if you could sort of talk about that and the dangers of these preferred walk-on spots. I mean, when I hear that, I run the other way. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, there is a danger in that. As a matter of fact, I think I was a preferred walk-on, and I'm a unique case. It doesn't generally work that way. Um, I worked my way into a scholarship opportunity after performances, but that's not as common. I mean, you're right. I think the more a program's willing to give you money, the more incentive they have to keep you. You become the investment in the program. So you do want to try to create – that element if possible. So I think part of the issue is a lot of the players they are set on D1, D1, D1. Some of the players don't have those Sabre metrics that line up with D1. And that's part of the, the, the disconnect there. And so a lot of sometimes the players will go to the program and the coach might say, well, you're, you're a bubble guy. You know, maybe you're, you might be able to pull it off. And I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm not going to invest in you. So so I think in that case, that is a red flag. Now, it doesn't mean another program can't see something differently, um, but the numbers are the numbers, you know? So if you're a right-handed pitcher and you're throwing 85 and you're looking to play Division One baseball, unless you're hitting spots after spots and you have three, four pitches you command for strikes, that's going to be a tough sell. Um, doesn't mean you can do it. It's just harder well, uh, than the guy throwing 92 that can develop. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. let me chime in here because I, I, I coached uh, you know for 10 years uh, at the Division II level, and I had scholarships. And the, the, mm. the, the problem with preferred walk-on, as Mike is alluding to, the, the kid who is a preferred walk-on and, and the parent, all they see are the upside. All they see are the positives, saying, well, yeah, I'm going to go there. I have great talent. I have great confidence. I have the heart of a champion. I'm going to outwork everybody else. But what they don't realize is that the coach has already allocated scholarship money to other players. And if uh, unless your kid turns out to be the next uh, coming of Babe Ruth, chances are 
Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough getting out of the fall to, to crack uh, uh, the roster in the spring. And even worse, the, the kid's going to be um, you know, relegated to the bench. Uh, it, it's not mm-hmm. an upside. And to Mike's point, and Mike obviously said he was sort of the exception to the rule, and there are exceptions, but they're very, very few. It's better off sitting down with the kid and say, look, you can be a preferred walk-on at a D1 program, which means you may or may not make, even make the team. If you go to a D2 or a D3 program where they'd love to have you, at least you're going to play and play a lot. And then if you do have aspirations to go on to play pro ball, at least you'll have some sort of track record from your college days that shows mm-hmm. that the kid can play. But this to go on a hope and a wing and a prayer, I'm telling you, that it, invariably, most of the time, it has a sour, bad ending. And I, I, I just... You know, I remember sure. when I was coaching uh, at Mercy, I would say to the kids, look, I'd rather see you go someplace else because a preferred walk-on, it's not going to end in a happy way, and I don't want that to be uh, on you or on me as well. So it's it's just very, very difficult. And um, you're right. As you said before, when <laughs> you hear about these things, you want to go in a different direction. That, that's exactly what you want to do. But I'm glad you I'm glad you called in today to bring up that, that point. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks, Jimmy. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to um, let's go to Hank over in Richfield Park. Hank, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Mike, I'm going to go out and get your book tomorrow. Uh, my my family's Thank in the you. business. My my brother Garrett has a place in Wyckoff. My son mm-hmm. Steve is the freshman baseball coach at your old high school. A very yes. good friend with the Salvanos. I did your games, yep. and uh, your sister was a very talented girl at IHA. I had her games <laughs> many times. Cause I'm a, That's right. Yeah, she, once, That's right. she once threw out two girls from right field to first base on base hits in the same inning. That's a, that's a fact. <laughs> I did that game. But uh, yeah, I'm on my that's way right. to uh, Tom's River with my grandson now to play in the 12U Frazier tournament. So, you know, I know okay. how hard you guys work, and I know that you're a product of, you know, of these lessons, you know. Back to my day, we didn't have lessons. You know, we, we just played in the street. We had great little league coaches, and that's what we did. But I know the time and effort that you guys put into these kids. Because you know, I, I talk with my son almost every night when he comes home, you know. And I know how yeah. hard you work at it, and you try to go out and see your kids play. And, uh, you know, you, you, I know you're a credit to this industry. That's, that's all I want to tell you. Well, well, thank you so much. I very appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hank, good, good luck up there in that new facility. Hank, thank, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for the call. Obviously, uh, Mike, you, Hank, obviously is a big fan, and uh, you know that's that's not to be surprised. Uh, for somebody to put the effort you have put into your own career as a player, and obviously the book uh, Just Baseball, uh, a guide to navigating the world of baseball recruitment for players and parents. As I said, it's really a roadmap for moms and dads whose kids want to play baseball because obviously. The landscape has changed over the years, uh, as we've mm-hmm. heard several from several callers this morning, and I can certainly attest to this as well. It was a different game, a simpler game, you know, a generation or two ago, and now it's a lot more complicated. And uh, you know, taking it year by year, listening to your son or your daughter as they go through their baseball or softball careers, you know, you got to be realistic. Somebody has to play the role of the grown-up here. That's the job of the parents. Uh, but again, mm-hmm. we talked, for example, about you know preferred walk-ons and how how uh, dangerous uh, and how that can be for a kid. Uh, but the That's fact right. is, it, it is complicated. And as you said before, which I agree with, when you give your lessons, you know, yeah, not only explain to the kid you know, what you mean by staying back on a pitch or how to, you know, get more rotation on a, on a, on a, on a curveball or it might be, but also teach the parents so they get it as well because very few of the moms and dads understand the game at the level that you do, and you want to make sure the communication is intact. Simple as that. Correct. 
Correct. Very important. I agree. Well, mm-hmm. Mike, before I let you go, and I thank you again for joining me this morning, I just want to make sure, first of all, what the website for, for your academy? JustHitsLLC.com. Okay. JustHitsLLC.com. And the book could be purchased uh, through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. The link to that is on my website as well. And it has our details for private lessons and all that stuff. And, of mm-hmm. course, you said the, the, uh, the facility is over in Ramsey. It is over in Ramsey. We moved from Westwood to Ramsey back in August. Correct. Right. Well, Mike, thanks again for joining me. Great stuff. I wish we had more time to talk, but uh, i got to move on. But thank you again, and best yes. of luck. Rick, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. All right, let me take a quick time out. Back with more right after this pause. How do you make the Internet better for everyone? You make it faster for all. Introducing a true revolution in Internet speed from Spectrum. With game-changing new starting speeds of 200 megabits, that's double our previous speed. Plus, we're introducing Spectrum Internet Gig with speeds up to 940 megabits. It's part of our commitment to bringing you a faster, more reliable network every day. Visit Spectrum.com. Restrictions apply. See Spectrum.com for details. I admit it. TV's kind of my thing. I'll pretty much watch any crime show with an acronym in the title. I live for quirky 90s sitcoms, crazy nature documentaries, and even the occasional indie dramedy. All I need is my comfy pants, a classic movie, an all-new medical drama, or perhaps a little Tuesday night tearjerker. So give me a tense courtroom drama, mafia masterpiece, or even a quirkily detective mismatch with a totally by the books partner, and I am in. And because I have wireless from AT&T, I get my favorite 60 channels of live TV for a year on them. So saying bye-bye, cable bill, is kind of my thing, too. Get more from your wireless plan. Buy AT&T Wireless and get live TV on us. AT&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time New York Metro offer. Requires a new line on an eligible plan, which starts at $75 per month in DirecTV Now $35 package. After one year, DirecTV Now renews at full price and less cancel. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See att.com slash live TV on us for details. With Norwegian Cruise Line, sailing to Cuba is as easy as... Uno, dos, tres, cuatro! And we do mean quattro. That's because only Norwegian Cruise Line offers four-day round-trip cruises from Miami and Orlando with an overnight in Havana. So it's easy to experience Cuba all day. Buenos dias! And all night. Buenas noches! And with an overnight in Havana, you have time to hang with the locals and immerse yourself in the culture and history without being rushed. And both Norwegian Sky and Norwegian Sun are all-inclusive with free unlimited open bar. I'll have another mojito, please. So come Havana the night away. Book your cruise to Cuba today and choose up to five free offers with Norwegian's free at sea all-inclusive offer. Plus, free unlimited open bar. Visit ncl.com, call your travel professional, or call 1-888-NCL-CRUISE. Norwegian offers OFAC-compliant cruises and shore excursions. Ships Registry, Bahamas and USA. Unlimited open bar available on Norwegian Sun, May 2018. Restrictions apply. Town Fair Tire is Connecticut's largest name brand discount tire dealer. We give you the guaranteed lowest prices on all name brand tires and honor all manufacturers' rebates. We even honor our competitors' rebates. With 96 stores from Connecticut through New England and an inventory of over 600,000 tires, you'll always get the right tire at the guaranteed lowest price. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody! Name brands at discount prices. Town Fair Tire. This is the sound of you learning to play the cello. It's also the sound of you winning $1,000 a day for life. Because when you play Cash for Life from the New York Lottery, 
you could win a thousand dollars a day every day for life giving you more time to learn an instrument cash for life from the new york lottery if you want a thousand dollars a day for life how would you spend it drawings every monday and thursday please play responsibly you must be 18 or older to purchase a lottery ticket Just a few uh, concluding thoughts. Uh, first of all, if I got to mention in, in uh, going over Mike uh, Mike Just's uh, various credentials, he recently joined the Atlanta Braves as a scout. Uh, so clearly, Atlanta Braves uh, realize and recognize how talented an instructor and an evaluator of talent that that, that Mike is. Uh, also, you know, we, we talked briefly about the whole discussion of recruiting and uh, this uh, <laughs> this preferred walk on stuff. You know, let me tell you something. If your kid is being told that he'll be a walk-on, preferred walk-on at a, at a D1 program, please stop stop him in his tracks and say, look, wouldn't it make more sense to go to a college, even at the D3 or D2 level, where they really want you and they want to perhaps you know get you there and they're talking about being a starter and you'll definitely be a member of the travel team at the school and, and so on and so forth. It makes a lot of sense. If your kid wants to really extend their career into, uh, into baseball at the collegiate level, you know, don't be, don't fall for the the, uh, the lure of being a preferred walk-on because I fear that the kid will get cut in the fall and never see the baseball field in the spring. Or if he does make the team, he'll never get any playing time. It's as simple as that. And I, again, I know it's very exciting to hear that. Oh, you'll be a, you'll, we'll look at you for sure uh, as a, as a walk-on in the fall baseball program. But in the long run. It, it doesn't really work. You're much better off going to a school where the coach has said, no, we want you, we want you to be here. We want you to be in the team. We want you to contribute. It's as simple as that. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. Now, please stick around for Ed Randall. He is up next with a special guest, and I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.